Be careful, we don't want to get sued. I don't want Drew Carey on my ass. Drew Carey, that's true. Bob Barker isn't around anymore to sue us. <laughs> is, wait a minute, is Bob, is Bob Barker dead? Is he, or is he still alive? I assume he's still alive, but like, I, I don't is know. he not hosting the show anymore? He's not. He's definitely not hosting Price is Right, but I don't know if he's dead or not. Bob Barker's alive, and he's old as shit. He's 91 That's years I old. Thought. Okay, so I'm right. Good. I know he's not hosting anymore, but like, I'm right. Okay, good. So welcome to episode 8 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. It's been a yeah. full month because n- somebody didn't properly record our last one. And someone else was being a dickhole while they were visiting New York City. Listen, being <laughs> a dickhole would mean I actually gave a shit. And that is not the truth because I was just kind of doing New Yorky things. Like watching <laughs> musicals and movies and like museums and things but regardless we are back my name is Derek Gade and uh, freshly returned from his stint in New York City is my uh, friend and collaborator Juan Barkeen who recently turned uh, you turned 23 right man I turned 24 happy birthday thank brother thank you for like lowering my age I appreciate that I, I feel fresh, like I should start lying about my age already fresh, fresh off his 24th birthday is my friend and colleague Juan Barkeen say hi Juan Hi, hello. So this Start is a se- spreading the news. I'm young. Anyway, this is the second time that Juan and I are recording this podcast because there was a technical difficulty the first time around, and the recording fucked up because we have a really low red setup here at uh, Stuck in the Middle with You Industries. Uh, but we've got fight and we've got spirit, and we've also got opinions on this movie that we've done. This was Juan's pick, and, and heart. Uh, I'm sorry. And heart. We we've also got lots have of heart. heart. I feel, I feel the need to throw that in long after you finished. <laughs> <laughs> Always anyway, sabotaging me. This was my pick. It's a movie about the it's White about a, House. And it's it a place and a direction. And yeah. It's a place and a direction. It's not North by Northwest. It's White well, House a, Down. Uh, yeah, well, yeah uh, the movie that we're doing. <laughs> North by Northwest is just a direction, by the way. Fuck you. If it, were, if it were like Mansion... North by Northwest, or the North by Northwest, like, palace, then yeah. The North by Northwest Chronicles. I know that's not it, but, like, I, I'm actually <laughs> yeah, kind of interested yeah, the, in that the, the famous architectural landmark, the Chronicle. <laughs> but Let me have this. <laughs> all joking aside, we did do, we did watch uh, Roland Emmerich's 2013 Emmerich. effort, White House Down. Uh, one of the two uh, movies in 2013 that was about the White House getting fucked up. The other was Olympus Has Fallen, which I personally did not watch. I haven't watched it either because I didn't have to. Because we're useless. <laughs> anyway. So, so Juan, what the hell, in a, like in a specific way, is White House Down about? Okay, last time I did this, I, like, rambled on forever uh, because the movie spends about, like, 20 to 30, no, like, 40 minutes setting itself up, essentially, with just, like, a ton of completely unnecessary exposition, but, um... The thing is, this is an action movie, yeah, and it takes way too long to get going. It literally takes, like, 40 to 45 minutes before anything starts happening at all. 
But um. So who the hell is in this movie, Juan? Okay, so Channing Tatum is in this, and he is like the leading man who is fan this... favorite. Channing yeah, Tatum. I know. God bless Channing Tatum. But uh, we'll talk about his career later. He is like this cop slash dad dude who is like on a detail for like I don't know like a fucking governor or something, right? He um, is on detail for I believe it's a speaker of the house, Richard Jenkins. He was Richard Jenkins's, I think. I thought he was like lower tier than that. Whatever. Anyway, he does detail. He wants things. to be part of the Secret Service. He wants yeah, to be part of the prison Secret, Secret Service. Service. And his daughter's like this like feisty young woman who knows a lot about history. She's a, she's and a giant giant politics nerd the most precocious yeah, she's a giant fucking politics nerd she's precocious as shit anyway so he goes to visit maggie gyllenhaal who essentially runs the secret service after this one more important dude who ran the secret service is not running the secret service anymore and, that and i'm person, sure derek would love to tell you who that person is that person is a uh, known republican james woods at uh, james woods uh, who incidentally brings a fire and intensity to this job that didn't really require it. I mean, he could have like, coasted. He could have coasted on this, but no, he brings just that James Woods intensity to this role. He and Channing Tatum were the only people who brought any kind of intensity. And even then Tatum was like less perfect than in other movies. Although like the moment he's introduced by just like talking at a squirrel in a bird feeder, <laughs> I was sold on this movie. Uh, <laughs> I was I was sold in part on this movie the sequence where they were having the it's like a demolition derby on the south lawn of the White House. Oh my God! Yes. And uh, President Jamie Fox has to like roll down right. a Jamie window Fox of a limousine. In this movie, sticks <laughs> out, gets out of the window, and has to fire a rocket launcher or a bazooka at like cars being driven by mercenaries who are there to I guess take over the White House. It's kind of a convoluted plot. It's a really convoluted <laughs> plot. Like it's everything Derek is plotty. saying here, I'm really glad that he's like saying because that's the rest of the plot. <laughs> and the thing with that that sequence is that Jamie Foxx drops the rocket launcher and then he tells Channing Tatum was behind the wheels like, Oh, I dropped the rocket launcher and Channing Tatum's like, oh, how do you lose a rocket launcher? That's my Channing Tatum impression. That is the worst <laughs> Channing Tatum impression I've ever heard in my life. But it's, not that like I've heard a lot of people try Channing Tatum impressions, but like <laughs> that was probably the worst. <laughs> my, my, my Channing Tatum sounds like a cartoon chef who's made too much spaghetti. Me too, oh, much too spaghetti. much spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. oh. What am I gonna do with all this spaghetti? I can't eat it. I can't. <laughs> this episode so far is dumber than the one we've lost. This is amazing. But so the anyway, point I want basically to get there's is... a bunch of fucking people trying to take down the White House. And guess what? James Woods was behind it all. Except he wasn't. There's Except a heel... he wasn't because well, there's like other shit happening too. First, but whatever. James first... Woods is like just kind of a dick. And like that's 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 the plot. He's he's good at playing slimy characters, though. I mean, yes, you know, he is. Hades and Hercules. That's actually the second time we've referenced his role as Hades in this uh, in this podcast, like in this in this series. Go us! I'm so proud if you, of us. If you remember during the uh, the inaugural episode where we covered Ridley Scott's Legend, he was name dropped as one of our favorite cinematic satans. That's right. This is 
It's an action movie. It's a, uh, for at least the second half. It's kind of a disaster porn feature because is this it is. Though? Because it's, it really it's directed by. Know what it Bolin. wants to be though. It, here's what the point I'm trying to make though is that a lot of the times this has this near slapstick level of comedy where Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx are basically a buddy cop team. Like, I wish they had been more. It's of a like buddy President cop team. Abbott and Secret Service agent Costello. Yeah, more or less. Uh, but it also wants to be this like very serious dramatic thriller and like it can't achieve those levels whatsoever and like, it kind of walks a fine line between political satire and being jingoistic yes it does this because movie has ostens- like because ostensibly it has the the main crux of the film is that president jamie fox doing his best barack obama impression i imagine i like the thing is uh, <laughs> we talked about this last time and like i don't feel like he's doing like that much of an obama he's just so serviceable in the role like i, mean, I barely believe i mean him i can't i can't believe i can't believe that it, that the fact that barack obama is president didn't inform the role oh i'm sure it did but the point i'm I mean, trying to make he's a black president like oh, you know like, uh, like kind of <laughs> But the fact that – I guarantee that if Obama wasn't president, that that role would have been played by someone else. Insert white person here. Insert white person here. Um, <laughs> president Jamie Foxx's – his big thing that he's pushing is a Middle East peace plan that it's somehow – peace. It's literally that, world peace. It's, it's literally world peace, and somehow he's gotten historically warring nations to get together, and that – it would be a really interesting movie, but it wouldn't be a Roland Emmerich movie. It, uh, who's someone that does like really good sort of dry political dramas? An idealistic? Yeah, I mean, not someone who's like, oh, we're all fucked, might as well blow everything up. Steven Spielberg. I could absolutely About imagine policy? Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yes. Did you not okay. watch like a good chunk of Lincoln? Okay, I see where you're going with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, like that see. movie was literally like 50% just like people talking oh, policy, policy and 50% like shitty drama about maybe if like Sydney, Maybe if like Sidney Lumet were still alive. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, yes. With like Chayefsky writing it. I'm, I'm all here for this. And uh, so yeah, it has this kind of weird polit- uh, political message. Maggie Gyllenhaal has kind of an emblematic line where – Someone makes a comment to her. It's like, you're still here. Oh, aren't you tired? Or is it, what, how, how are you still here? How are you still fired up? She they answers, just... caffeine and patriotism, sir. And yes. that, is like, that is most emblematic as like this sort of jokey, oh, rah, rah, sort of Frank Capra bullshit. I loved it. It's, it almost feels like Emmerich's just kind of like elbow jabbing Michael Bay a little bit. Just like, hey, buddy, like, look, I can like fucking like joke around about the dumb shit you say sometimes. Like, listen. Both – and it's interesting that you bring up Michael Bay because Michael Bay and uh, Roland Emmerich are both, I guess, disaster auteurs. Yes, but Michael, Michael Bay to a far greater extent. Michael Bay has a facility for like just ridiculous, overblown, protracted, garish, nightmare action imagery. That he Roland absolutely Emmerich, does. That Roland Emmerich tries to emulate but doesn't quite succeed at because what and Emmerich – what Emmerich is really good at is like another kind of sort of protracted action style, but that's more focused not so much on action, movement, and destruction, but on concepts. Yeah. Like, just take a look at his discography. You've got fucking mo- nuclear monsters. You've got ancient aliens. You've got the Shakespeare Apocrypha. You've got the Mayan calendar. It's an exploded – like heightened, flattened junk culture aesthetic that is great, but it's not necessarily well 
served by massive action set pieces. Yeah, I just don't give a shit about Roland Emmerich. Um... I, I mean, I like Roland <laughs> Emmerich's sensibility. I like the things that he's attracted to. But, but the thing the is, execution. the way he usually executes them is kind of just middling compared to everyone. Not everyone else around him, but like but the, other the contemporaries. Other, yeah. the, the clear parallel is, is Michael Bay. Absolutely so. And like, but here's, Bay does Bay like, like no one else can. That's the thing. Here's one thing that I do appreciate about Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich is European. He's from he's not, he's not American, right? Oh, he's European, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm always <laughs> I'm always interested in movies made by Europeans, Asians, Africans, whoever, non-Americans about America because there are some like weird truths that come to the surface even okay. if they're super even if they're super unsubtle. I mean, it makes sense. I get it. I don't think White House Down has anything in particular to offer no i don't think it has anything to offer but i do like the fact that it's like i don't think american filmmakers treat the white like treat the white house with the same kind of i am going to fuck this up like i am going to destroy the national symbols i think they could if they wanted to like i am sure i am sure that at one point in this script uh, someone barbecues a bald eagle no, please stop exaggerating. That's too much. I, I don't think it would be too much because I don't think that's something an American filmmaker would be inclined to do. I think someone coming from somewhere else would be more inclined to do it. That's like, fair enough. It, this movie may not feature a bald eagle getting barbecued, but it does feature a portrait of George Washington shot in the head. Oh my god, yes. Okay, so that's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's just like, okay, Jason Clark is one of the fucking terrorists, I guess. I'm just going to call it's him terrorist. Merc- to make yeah, my life terrorist, easier. mercenary. Um, hired by James Woods because his son was killed in a sting operation during the Iraq War. Yeah, and like. Jason Clark has, like, his motives are so fucked up. Like, he was literally, like, he's an ex-military man who was jailed because Jamie Foxx's, like, peace treaty essentially ended up revealing, like, accidentally revealing his identity. So he was jailed for two years, and then he made it out or whatever. And then, like, now he brought together this band of, like, right-wing sociopaths and fucking lunatics who, like... One of which runs, like, a white power hate blog. The other one, like, tried to blow up his local post office because they employed too many African Americans. See what like, I said about non-subtle comedy? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's actually, like, it's really weird because it has, like, this film as a whole has, like, this thing against, like, weird right-wing people. But at the same time, like, it also this shows movie that is, sort of like, a fucking NRA fever dream. Yeah, it it has a high level of tech fetishism, but it also, for like most of its running time, it posits that we can't achieve what are essentially left leaning goals. Needs. We can't achieve left leaning goals without engaging in massive like, right fire bombing. Fire, yeah. It's like we fire can only achieve arming. we can only achieve peace through war. Yeah. So anyway, Jason Clark's character is like really fucking weird, and some of his actions are just so stupid. And like when he puts a bullet, he just shoots. George Washington's like a portrait of George Washington in the head for no good reason and I, I like I genuinely like had to pause the movie at that point because I was just laughing so much it makes it's no a, it's sense a whatsoever junky image for it's this so stupid it's so stupid and like I remember the marketing for this movie being very like low stakes high comedy and that's not at all what I got from it but like that scene no, very I much fit into that <laughs> but there are kind of slapsticky buddy cop moments like when no I, I agree but like, like when that's... When, when Jamie Foxx and Channing Tatum are in, I think it's the East Wing. 
Oh, and, no, please don't tell me and the they shoes. Get, and yeah, the shoes, exactly. When they're like oh. ducking gunfire and Jamie Foxx goes to reach for a pair of like, uh, black dress shoes, then goes and reaches for a pair of Air Jordans instead. <laughs> And then later on, he says something else about the Jordans, and yeah, I just uh, like someone's got him by the, the by the foot, and he goes like, "Let go of my Jordans!" And it's like, oh. <laughs> I hate this movie. Uh, I don't though. Uh, <laughs> See, that's the thing. I mean, it's not it's not a terrible. movie. It's not a great movie, but it's so bloated. It, yeah, it, this movie stands at over two hours. Anyway, uh, even though like Jamie Fox was like next to nothing for me. I want to take a moment to talk about how much I appreciate Channing Tatum as, like, just, like, a really charismatic entity. He's very charismatic, I will say that. I think this is. is the first... Yeah, I think this is the first movie I've seen with him. Yes, it is. We went through his entire IMDb career last time we talked. This was the first one. recorded this podcast. Unless... Uh, no, wait a minute. I think I saw... She, no, I don't think I saw She's the Man... All the way no, through. you didn't watch She's the Man. We discussed this last time, too, and you were like, oh, I think if you watch She's the Man, you're not going to like it. And I'm just like, fuck you, Derek. Like, That's of right. course, I'm going to like She's the Man still. But anyway, I really love Channing Tatum. You know, you look at, like, Haywire, Magic Mike. Oh, I saw Haywire, so I guess this makes number Oh, that's right. You did watch Haywire. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, that movie's all right. (laughs) Fuck you. I really like that movie. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Side Effects. He was like a... uh, Didn't see Side Effects. Soderbergh. But anyway, Channing Tatum is fabulous in so many ways. And I really wish that this movie had, like, almost taken more advantage of him because it spends so much of its time, like, poorly attempting to like balance screen time for every single person that's involved in it and like yeah well he got kind of the shitty uh you know the the like most cliche deadbeat dad role to work with i know and oh wait we have not talked about channing tatum's magnificent daughter in this movie enough and she deserves credit for the greatest scene in all of like america oh right 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 i know what you're talking about so there is let me let me set this up for y'all. I'm sure you've seen it by now if you were listening to this, but there is this one scene where she or rather where like an air strike is about to happen on the White House and they're about to kill every fucking buddy that's left in it, which is essentially just like two people. But uh Channing Tatum's young whippersnapper runs out and <laughs> with a flag in her hand and at the beginning of the film we are told that Channing Tatum missed her flag twirling recital. And the second I heard that, I was like, that's going to come back into play. Yes, it is. (laughs) And it did. And And it did because she waves that flag so goddamn good. (laughs) That she calls off a fucking airstrike. So well that she calls off an airstrike. I can't. I can't deal with that. That's not even the scene that I, I was thinking about, but although that is a pretty, pretty really? crazy that's scene. Really, like, that's one of my favorite scenes. She I also becomes think- a natural, natural, uh, national hero for like blogging about like this terrorist yeah, she attack gets, on the White House. Yeah, she gets video footage and uploads it to YouTube on her video blog or whatever. It's not a blog! That's, that's, <laughs> wow, is that, is that like your Joey King impression? Is that it? Yeah. yeah that it sucked, is. dude. I mean, that's I'm terrible. I'm so glad. I'm sorry. It's not a blog. This is better. Okay. Okay. Is that better? I'm sorry. I'm going to stand by my... It's not a blog. That's, it's, that's you're making her sound like it. a Muppet. 
<laughs> oh, should I start? Should like I start a, talking like a, like a Muppet this entire? That's like a that's like a bad Miss Piggy impression. I can't. Fuck you. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot believe this, Terry. I think you need to calm down right now. Jesus fucking Christ. This is such an interesting situation, you know? What the fuck was that? That was just like a frog ribbit. Like, like, you're such a shithead. Like... Hello, like, I was, everybody. I was trying to do a Fozzie, but it came out all fucked up. You would be Fozzie the Bear. It uh-huh. makes sense. <laughs> you can't have a Fozzie without... <laughs> yeah, I can't do this right now. Oh my god, this is the worst fucking tangent we've ever been on. Worst or best? <laughs> Both. Animal. <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's the easiest one. That's what you've got? Animal drum. I'm back to Miss Piggy. It's fucking good, though. I mean, I feel like I am Miss Piggy in my regular life. Drums. <laughs> you are animal in your regular life. It's not this bad, is, these are our Muppets. These are our Muppets. You're animal. I'm Miss Piggy. Because right. I have a giant ego that I want to <laughs> fucking Christ. Maybe we should start talking about White House Down still. Well, let me review White House <laughs> Down. Oh, this no. movie gets five stars because really? Channing Tatum is absolutely beautiful. Really, Piggy? Because this movie kind of sucked. Listen, bud. <laughs> You're oh, not going to talk bad about any movie with my man in it. Jesus Christ, man. This is either going to give us like a million fans or it's going to turn everyone way the fuck off. Okay. See, this movie, this movie, this, let me put, let me put this in perspective. This movie is so boring that we are struggling to stay on topic during a half hour long podcast about this thing. That's guess, how fucking unfocused and boring this action movie is. I guess you could say the system was hacked. Uh, I'd like actually to point out two things before we probably go to the final judgments. Okay. I want to point out that Jimmy Simpson's hacker character kind of reminded me of Dave Foley's Hecubus character from Kids in the Hall. I know you said that last time, and I still don't care that much. But he was one of my favorite characters in the movie. I kind of wish that would have been as, like, over the top. And uh, I'd like to point out also that in a, in a movie filled with really weird characterization choices, that the Richard Jenkins heel turn is the least believable thing in it. Absolutely. It's such a bullshit plot point. And, like, it was so predictable. But, like... I'm sorry. Spoilers he, like, for, for White House Down. Spoilers for everybody who hasn't seen the movie who wasn't already spoiled by the fact that it was an airstrike call to the fucking White House that a fucking girl... <laughs> called off with her flag waving skills yeah richard jenkins just like betrays everybody because he was behind the code giving all along because he doesn't want peace in the middle east or whatever i don't because he's know. got because he's got friends in the oil industry right yeah oil uh america uh, uh, america fucking... fuck no man fuck no that was a stupid plot point, but Channing Tatum... <laughs> I really wish I could do another Muppet except for 
fucking animal. <laughs> Except for animal. I'm sorry that I have apparently like Miss Piggy uh, and Kermit the Frog under my belt. Like that's. I mean, again, uh, I feel like I truly, make, truly making am, jokes. But... No. Because <laughs> I'm not like a fucking hardcore Muppets fanboy like you, so I don't have like the voices ingrained in my head. I'm sorry that like I like I only have two that I can do. This yeah, isn't it's... like. <laughs> anyway, so Derek, anyways. What do you rate this fabulous film? I, uh, on the fresher rotten scale that we're limited to, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give this one a rotten, which is weird because, you know, this. It's not bad. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you right there. Let me interrupt you for a second. I'm going to let you finish. But the CGI in this movie was (laughs) terrible. It's not. Terrible. No, it's terrible. I've it's seen, terrible, and it like, won. This movie, no, it got nominated movie, for like a visual effects award. This movie cost like, 150 Die. million dollars, but know. it doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't at all. It looks like shit. Anyway, so rotten, rotten. Uh, it's 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 mostly because it's underwhelming. It takes forever to get going, and it's got no idea where it wants to go once it starts going. <laughs> It's true. I so mean, it's like, kind of I'm... kind of a muddled film. If I want, if I was going to watch a movie about someone taking siege over the White House, directed by Roland Emmerich, I would watch Independence Day like a million times. Which the film itself references shamelessly, <laughs> and that was one of my favorite moments in the film. See, I've I've, I've found a, a recurring thing in our in our episodes where you like these cutesy bits of self reference, whereas I think they're really fucking annoying. Really, this one? What the fuck are sorry, you doing? I was, drinking, I was drinking water. I'm sorry. Really, God. but you thought this one was like? I thought it was like. I thought it was like amusing enough. Like, hey, I fucked up the White House once. Watch me, and do I'll it do again. it again. Yeah, like, and he even admits, like, it, like, like. I feel like that line is just an admittance. Like, I know this mo- that movie was so much better than this one. Yeah, like, alien, aliens over mercy. That movie had lasting impact. This one doesn't at all. This make a movie deep, will be I'm, forgotten in no time. I was gonna make a deep impact joke, but I thought better of it. Please, please do. Because <laughs> is it deep impact or Armageddon that ends with a shot of uh, a shot of like the White House half destroyed? Oh, it's a. Uh, are you drunk? No. Is that what? Are you sure that's water you're drinking? Um, you don't have a, You don't have some goose there? Nope, I don't. So what but, about you, on Fresh or rotten? Rotten. Rotten? For basically the same reasons that you said. It's just this very, very unfocused film that I feel could have been better placed in the hands of someone else and probably with a Michael better Bay. screenplay than someone else. Which actually, we didn't talk about the screenwriter at all in this situation. This? And I don't have his IMDb page open, but I believe he's written one good thing and nothing else of import. I believe he wrote Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and other things. Well, the writer's name is James Vanderbilt. Yes, Vanderbilt, that's right. Not to be mistaken with James Vanderbeek, who is a far superior human being in every single way. Well, we don't know that for sure. Listen, yes we do. James Vanderbeek is perfect, and don't I didn't, trust I, the bitch in Apartment 23. I didn't know that you were tight with... Well, here's the thing. Uh, Mr. Vanderbilt uh, wrote... Uh, is a, see, he's credited as a writer on 15 movies. 
Um, one of them is uh, Zodiac, the 2007 David Fincher film, which I which, really like. Like, let's be real, that movie is is all about Fincher and, and the actors. He also wrote because that story is kind of weak. He also wrote the John McTiernan film Basic, which is uh, currently undergoing a critical reevaluation. Re- uh, but you know he what al- else is Basic? <laughs> His career. Wow, he also wow, he also wow. wrote the. Uh, Maybe maybe she just killed the Muppets right now. Just he also wrote Darkness Falls, which is uh, probably worst one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, Derek and Juan agree about that movie being terrible. And his first movie was called The Rundown, which star which stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It also stars uh, Sean William Stifler Scott. Oh, I've seen that movie. Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson. I've literally seen that movie. I saw that when it came out, and I don't remember any of it except for one point. I believe The Rock and this asshole, like, fall off, like, a, not a cliff, but, (laughs) like... this asshole Sean William Scott? Yeah, I didn't have the energy to pronounce his full name. (laughs) You got the energy to cycle through two Muppets impressions, but not... The energy to say Sean William Scott. The Muppets impressions are so easy, though. So let's do recommendations. So since this was your movie, I'm going to You take get this. to recommend for... That's right. And I'm going to recommend so a different uh, Roland Emmerich jam. Uh, this one's starring Stuck in the Middle with You Hall of Famer Kurt Russell. Woo! And also stars uh, James Spader. Fan favorite James Spader. Uh, Stargate, man. 1994 Stargate. Uh, I like how we say – I'm sorry. I like how we say fan favorite James Spader even though we've like never actually discussed <laughs> James I just, Spader I just, on the podcast. I just assumed that – well, I like James Spader. I'm assuming you I do as well. I adore James Spader. And I'm assuming that the that the fan base does. Yeah. But anyway, fa- by fan favorite, we, mean, and we just mean that we like that person. Okay. Go on. It's uh, James Spader plays kind of a amusingly dorky scientist in the uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park vein, which is what every single scientist should ever be like. And uh, Kurt Russell plays a, a hard ass military man. Uh, so they discover not a parallel universe, uh, ancient Egypt, but another point in the universe where they have something that resembles ancient Egypt, and it's like an action adventure film. The most concise piece of writing I've ever done was my letterboxd review for this film which was just Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune because Ooh. it had no it I've heard it so that. many times though so like I'm done with you at this point I, it just <laughs> has that vibe it has kind of a pulpy adventure vibe but it also has that sort of dune like uh alternate universe science fiction feel to it it has yes, kind of it, a, it has that kind of vibe and it no had I seen this when I was a young and on VHS it would have shifted my sort of course of fandom from comedy to science fiction. Yes, it would. Because I grew up a com- I grew up a comedy nerd, but I would have ended up being a sci-fi nerd had I seen this at the right time. It's not, not every that movie that I can say about that. Being a fucking sci-fi nerd, regardless. It, it, it took longer than it took longer than what I would have thought it would have taken. Yeah. But no, uh, Stargate. Get on that. It is really good. Juan, what are you saying? What do you recommend? Um, oh my God, there's so many options. I could recommend another Kurt Russell movie, but he's not in this movie so i can't do are you that. gonna recommend furious 7 i would recommend furious 7 but we're not gonna talk about furious 7 right now because i have a lot of feelings for that movie anyway 
Uh, I could also recommend a movie with um, an actor that you just mentioned, Mr. Spader, and an actress from White House Down who was severely underused as she pretty much always is. Secretary, uh, right? Yes, Secretary. I am recommending the fabulous, fabulous film that is a space opera from 2015. And oh, it yeah. stars the very, very beautiful Channing Tatum. Don't recommend this movie in your Miss Piggy voice, man. I will recommend this movie however the fuck I damn well please. I am recommending Jupiter Ascending. All right. The critically destroyed <laughs> fucking savage Jupiter Ascending, which is bullshit on so many levels. I really like critics really haven't been super movie. kind to the Wachowskis post Matrix. The thing is, it's bullshit because they actually have. I re- I looked at Cloud Atlas's rating the other day. I think it was like a seventy some odd, and like, which is weird because I thought that movie was more divisive than that. The thing is, like, people really hated it, but like, I don't know. Maybe there's been like some sort of like critical evaluation within the span of a couple of years. I know that there's a critical reevaluation going now for Speed Racer. Which deserves it because it's I still fabulous. have to get I still have to get on that train. I plan to get on it though. I want to rewatch it sometime soon. Whenever you decide to watch it, and I kind of want to double feature that with Red Line. But anyway, um... Red Line's really good. I like that movie. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they they could fit in hand in hand. Uh, Jupiter Ascending is a beautiful film. It is so much better than anyone gives it credit for. Yes, it like rips from basically every single fucking fairy tale known to mankind, but it does so just to create this like very beautifully fleshed out world with so much history and so so much gorgeous gorgeous production and like i will say it has its flaws you know it's not without things that could have been done better i don't know it's just charming and it was like the first time that i ever wanted to have sex with channing tatum even (laughs) though like i think he's like amazing and i love him and i think he's super charismatic you know i would have thought that maybe magic mike or something like that would have been a more obvious candidate but no i don't know what it is about him as like a half wolf half human hybrid thing but like i was kind of into it anyway that's my recommendation for this week so derek tell us what (laughs) also this week's yeah these are gonna go up one two yeah i know oh my goodness because it's been a month we're so sorry no it's absolutely not my fault because derek fucked up the recording it's kind of your fault that we didn't get this one up earlier because you're like that's you that's what you sound like i know i love it i love it i love hearing you do it back this I is what fucking this hate is why. This i hate is, doing this it. is our marriage this is this is this is who we are derek you just uh, have to get used to it all right here's here's what we're doing so this movie that we just did white house down was a hollywood movie big budget 150 million dollars if i remember correctly so I want to take us to the other side of the cinematic spectrum. I want to do a cheapy B movie that costs about eight hundred grand to make. God I, help me. I want to go back to the nineteen eighties, to the golden age of the of the B slasher. God further I want to, help me. <laughs> I want to do nineteen eighty six's Chopping Mall, directed by Jim Wynorski. Chopping now, Mall. Chopping Mall. Now, uh, Jim Wynorski is mall. a. Uh, I don't know if I I don't know if I he's a legendary figure in low budget filmmaking, but uh, he definitely has uh, his fans. 
uh, one of which uh, works for us at uh, Dim the House Lights. Oh, really? Yeah, I, who shall remain nameless, but I'm sure she oh, knows who goodness. she is. Oh, my goodness. Cough, cough. I wonder. <laughs> I, like, I just... Schwansch. Don't, <laughs> don't reveal the name of this, this fabulous person. But uh, he's, he's not only known for his uh, junky horror movies, but he's also known for his uh, softcore uh, porn titles, uh, uh, yeah. such as, such as uh, Busty Cops. The Witches, Busty Cops 2. Busty Cops, Busty Cops Go Hawaiian. The Witches of Breastwick. God, I still love that title more than anything <laughs> in this entire uh, I don't know if these are softcore or not, but Cheerleader Massacre. That uh, sounds like art. The Bear Wench Project. Okay, also art. <laughs> uh, Body Chemistry 4. Oh my god, I love that title. And, uh, you know, lots of sort of uh, schlocky, exploitative titles like Komodo vs. Cobra, Bone Eater, Dino Croc vs. Super Gator, and Camel Spiders. And probably and, yeah. and probably the best one of the bunch, Piranaconda. No, I'm sorry, Piranaconda is not the best of the bunch, clearly... Which is a Breastwick? Body Chemistry Four and which is a Breastwick? Like if if a movie like if a movie like uh, Body Chemistry Four didn't exist, I would imagine that a guy like Jim Wynorski would direct it. Probably. Um, so yeah, chopping ball, love- man, that's gonna be a fun time. So, if you would like to hear and or read more about us, there are so many options for you to choose from. We have a website called Dim the House Lights dot com that's right where you can find both of our writing and in addition to and also our beautiful beautiful three current writers in addition to that derek writes for sound on site montreal's finest yes and i write for miami new times and yam magazine miami's finest sure <laughs> okay uh, you can also find us on the twitterverse you can find me at woah, W-O-A-H, it's Juanito, and you can find Derek at Derek underscore G. You can also find us on Letterboxd under the same exact names. That is woah, it's Juanito, and Derek underscore G. And if you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts, assuming this is like the first episode you've heard, or maybe the second one just because you like... Happen to watch this movie and not name Or maybe it's number eight because you're a super fan. You should go ahead and visit our website, which is sitmwypodcast.tumblr.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review or something because we want to know how we can improve. We want to know how we're failing miserably. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in significantly less than two weeks. All right, sweet.